0: Welcome to the Embracing Discomfort Podcast, the show where we dive headfirst into the realm of the uncomfortable. I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm thrilled to have you here with me on this journey. In today's episode, which is episode one, we're going to be kicking things off by exploring the power of embracing discomfort and why it's so crucial for personal growth and resilience. We'll also be interviewing someone I've had the privilege of watching embrace discomfort over the last several years and mastering it in a way that speaks to many i'm so excited you're here and i look forward to sharing this journey with you i think it's important that we start off with what the mission of the embracing discomfort podcast is i think embracing discomfort is essential for our personal growth and for resilience. It challenges us to step outside of our comfort zones and to face unfamiliar or difficult situations. I think there are a few key reasons why this is important. One, overcoming fear. Discomfort often arises from facing our fears. I think by willingly confronting those fears, we can expand our boundaries and start to gain confidence to help us tackle new challenges. That process is going to help build resilience and empower us to take on even greater obstacles in the future. I think it also helps from a learning and adaptation perspective. We step into the discomfort and it's exposing us to a new experience or a new perspective, or maybe we're learning something new. That pushes us to learn and adapt. I think a lot of us, after having lived through a pandemic and through a very politically and socially charged environment, understands the importance of building resilience. And although discomfort can be uncomfortable and times even painful. It's that strength of resilience that helps us endure those challenging situations and helps us develop that ability to bounce back from setbacks and hardships and start to develop a deeper understanding of others' perspectives. And I can't think of a time that that is more needed than now. I think if you join me on this journey, and hopefully you will, We can start to create a platform and create a space where we can learn from each other. I want you to learn from not just the success stories that are going to be part of this podcast, but also our failures. I think oftentimes, I know certainly for myself, we learn more from failure than we do by doing things right. And so hopefully this will develop into. place where we can experience that together and start to understand different strategies or methods or ways of embracing discomfort and build on that. Hello, and now it's the interview portion of the podcast. I am here with Yuri and Yuri, I want to take us back to when we first met and I remember I asked you to lunch one day because I was trying to understand what you were doing from the standpoint of your career path. Because what I had noticed is that you were an extremely talented individual that was stuck in this role that I didn't feel was getting the I guess, visibility and opportunity to achieve more. And so wanted to kind of hear your story and talk through how you got to where you are today, which I am so excited. You are now a people leader and what steps you took and what discomfort you had to embrace to get there.
1: Okay, so yes. You are correct on that. There's a whole bunch of discomfort just in that piece of my life, (laughs) Um, you know, amongst others. But I remember our conversation, and I think that was probably the turning point for me when it all began. Whenever you asked that question to me, I was like, "Okay, well, I feel like I'm doing everything that I can. And. I always just thought, you know, my career. I don't know, I just felt like a very limited space. And I didn't think that I can do more. I just felt like that space I didn't even thought about it in a way that, hey, how can I open up that space? Or how can I create a space for me? The way that I thought about it is like I'm very comfortable. I'm very comfortable in this area and space that I'm given. That was very limited. And whenever you asked that question, it kind of got me thinking. It got me thinking and I'm like, okay, well, somebody else is saying something that I'm feeling, you know, so I felt like maybe I needed validation, which in a part of me that I have grown to understand that you don't need to seek validation from others. You have to seek it within yourself. And that has helped me a lot. Do you know that when I had that conversation with you, I was
0: terrified that it could go a really bad way because I think I literally took you to lunch and I looked at you and I said, what the hell are you doing? Yes. And you you said, what are you talking about? And I said, with your career, because I had noticed, I mean, just the work, so to give, give our audience an idea, you worked in HR and you were doing kind of the HR support call center role yeah, and you were doing so well at it, but you were also doing so many things in the background. You were really starting to dive in data analytics world. You were going and shadowing different departments and actively taking a role in your own development. And I think for me, I was seeing you in this role and just continue to be there. And and I was wondering, what are you doing? What do you not see that I see? And I was really trying to test the waters for, was there something I could do to help that situation? Because I knew how brilliant and talented you are and you you needed more.
1: Um, well, no, I I honestly I didn't think about it that way, you know, like yes, you asked that question in the way that nobody has ever asked it before, you know. <laughs> I was like, Well, what does she mean? But I mean, I I know you now <laughs> and I kinda understand that you weren't meaning it in any other sort of way. You were just trying to help me. Uh and and it did. It helped me ask myself, okay, well, what is Yuri want? What does the yeary future look like? And um, I went home and, you know, I kind of thought about it. I was like, okay, well, what am I doing? What is the next step? How do I get there? And then I ha- had, you know, look for opportunities, started to kind of look inside of me. Okay, do I really have what it takes? Because something that was kind of limiting myself is like, okay, well, I'm just in the beginning of HR. Do I really have what it takes? And then I took a little bit back and, you know, kind of going back to what you said that I was doing a little bit more about just doing the general support, HR support that I was brought in to do, which I always, you know, thought I came up from my background was the customer support, a role. And. I knew about customer service. That's what I achieved. And I think within HR, it just kind of challenged me a little bit more to be interested in all the aspects what HR brings. And uh, I'm a people's person and I really like to help people and in ways that, you know, can be uncomfortable. And having those conversations, because you're having conversations with leaders, you're guiding them through things that, you know, even you might yourself might not never got in there. And, you know, just for me myself, I'm like, well, how am I going to do that? Do I have what it takes? So what did I do? I look for opportunities. I saw one and I just went for it. I just took the risk, and you know, I kind of you back in and just said, "Hey, after this conversation, this is what happened. I need, I need more. (laughs) I need more." And I think there's just that craving that started to change and just seeking for more in the future. Okay, well, I did this within the year, and and even after that. I changed my role. I was trying to change my role so hard. And I think just having that same space, that limited space that didn't allow me to grow and just kept pulling me back. And I felt that and you know, it kind of changed my perspective in leaders that I had at that time, because I was like, well, you must see what I see. Why do you want to hold me back? Why do you want to keep that?" Um, is that not enough for you, you know? So I did further. I I did further for myself and I kind of started looking around for more opportunities because the one that I took thinking that it was going to be better than what I had before just kind of brought me back to that same limited space. Same okay, you, this is all the tools and resources you get to learn. You get to figure this out for yourself. But at the same time, it's like, wait, you cannot go that far. And why go into a space that you can't challenge it? You can't challenge it and break it. Because I feel as people, we grow, we grow and we decide what our different paths uh, become. And, and, you know, that creates discomfort for a lot of people. And that has helped me in. To see where I am today. (laughs) Which, where you are today, just
0: update. I'm so, so proud of you. You're still not even scratching the surface. I wanna make that clear. You are now a supervisor within an HR department over an HRIS system. And you have gone above and beyond in a short amount of time to learn that system, to become a system admin super user and have really just ultimately expanded your skill set, what for you do you think was holding you back in terms of, I remember you calling me to let me know you had applied for the job
1: and that you had gotten it, but what do you think held you back previously? I feel what hold me back in previous years is my background, you know, just, I feel like I started, I didn't start with the previous company that I was at. I didn't start with an HR. I had to kind of take stepping stones and because I didn't have my education. So I feel like that was a big barrier for me. So it's like, what do I have to bring to the table? What makes me become that ultimate candidate? So that is the main thing that hold me back because I felt that everybody was going to surpass me or was going to have more than I can give, you know? And um, I didn't really think about taking risks. I was like, why take a risk? I'm not a risk taker, you know, originally. I am just like, just stay within the safe lines, you know? (laughs) My sister's more of a risk taker. I'm not, but I'm definitely glad because of where I am today, that I got the courage, got the, you know, I was able to embrace discomfort in order to get to where I am today. because if I wasn't capable of doing that, I think I would probably still be where <laughs> where I was, and who knows? <laughs> well, but you you recognized
0: yeah. you, had it in you, and I think I've always mentioned or told you that you have everything already inside you. And what's interesting, you you mentioned your sister, and I've I've heard the story. Your sister, you had such a huge part in her life from the aspect. I remember you telling me the story. Early on, you ended up paying for your sister to go to college and give her the opportunity. And what's funny is you said you're not the risk taker she is. But I would just knowing how I know you, Yuri, I would say you're more of a risk taker than you thought. And you were setting the example and the stage for her to follow. And when you told me that story, yeah. I already knew that you were going to be a future leader because you understood the sacrifice aspect and you were always willing to go above and beyond and do what was going to benefit your sister, your family, and pushing yourself aside. And I think that came full circle because then you realize, hey, I now have to focus on my career aspirations, recognize that I am an extremely talented individual, that I truly don't see your ceiling, to be quite honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) And take that leap. What would you say, because the other thing is you were a leader for an ERG group, the Latinx group at the company we worked for. And so you were already in a leadership role, whether formalized or not, what would you tell someone else that is having kind of that, that same situation occur for them that feels stuck? What do you think is the one thing that they need to focus on to move forward?
1: Yeah. And I I think what I focused on, you know, with Our old company, it's like I focus on my career. Like you said, you know, I had given everything uh, for my family because that's the way that I was brought up. And, you know, my, my family means the world to me. And, you know, if I would go back, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change the fact that I wasn't able to go to college because it was either work full time to help out my parents or go to college, you know. And in my that's where I set my mind. And I told myself, I was like, well, whatever I'm having, that decision that I have to make, my sister isn't going to make it. She's going to be the one who will continue to go to college, who will never think about what is work (laughs) until she really has to, because, you know, I wasn't given that. And I don't, you know, I could have been a little bit selfish and say, you deal with it on your own and I'm just going to look out for me, but I'm not that type of person. And the way that I decided, I was like, well, like you said, sacrifice, you know, sacrifice myself because she's our future. That's the way that I saw it. I was like, I won't be able to do this alone, help all my parents in the future. So I'm going to need her help. (laughs) And um, I I did it that way. I don't know if there was maybe I say I don't know, but I'm sure there is plenty, many of other ways that I could have done it. But I think that's one of the things that have always pushed me hard to continue to do what i can for my family. And that i think hurt me in the long run because that that is what kept me staying in that safe safe place. Like limiting myself. I i knew i had the capability of learning more. I'm always very, you know, ambitious in the learning part. Of challenging myself, bringing myself to more more things of what else can i do? How can i further this? and just strategically you know, looking at the future. Uh, but I felt in a way that, okay, well, I, I keep doing this. I want this change, but how do I accomplish it? And that was my biggest barrier, becoming an ERG leader is because I saw it like a leadership opportunity. And yes, you are leading this group. You are creating uh, an ERG group with little bit knowledge of what it even is. You haven't even had a clue of what an ERG was before. Resource group, I've never heard of it, even before more participation with it. But the more I got in it, I, the reason why I was mainly interested is because yes, it gives you that discomfort in becoming a leader, but it also connects you with your culture. And that was a big thing for me, just c- reconnecting with my culture, coming from California, being very cultural, diverse. I didn't ha- never had to ask myself, I don't belong here because I was always in a space that I belong. But coming to Tulsa, that was a big difference. And that was a change because I wasn't I wasn't was used to seeing, you know, or being in a space in a company that, hey, um, we can't speak Spanish, you know, or we can't, we don't have any Spanish documents, you know, just like little things like that. In my department, whenever I started with the company, there was only two bilingual speakers and I was one of them. Yeah. So Just coming from that aspect, not having any guidelines, not having any translation items, it's just that you want to see that change. So one of the biggest things that I wanted to do for the company is see that change, be that change. And I wanted to kind of instill a little bit more of the Hispanic culture in which we, I feel like we did, where we was a part of that whole ERG We did so many accomplishments. We even got a mariachi band (laughs) on the headquarters of, you know, in downtown. And never did I ever imagine that was even capable. And, you know, it's not even that hard thing to accomplish. But just me seeing all the little things that we did and our ERG group did, we were one of the fastest growing ERG groups within that organization. And I feel like... Our leadership and our strategic ways to figure that out. Because at first we were stuck. We were stuck like everyone else. Like nobody is telling us what to do. There's no guide on this. What is our mission, you know? And just like having no guidance whatsoever makes it so much harder. But at the same time, it becomes a more immense reward, you know, having that outcome like, yeah, you were. You didn't have anything and you built this whole ERG leadership and group, which was like, I think when I left was 400 plus people in counting, which we started with only four people, you know, (laughs) trying to get everybody involved in this group, which was hard. I was like, I don't see this happening, (laughs) but we did. We we ended up doing that and that made me feel like, okay, well, we did a little bit of change, not to the major Piece of it, you know, how we want it to be. But we did a few changes. We got the company to see there was a little bit more of input as we were brought into like little tables. We didn't see change, but we were brought into those conversations. I got a little bit of, imp- I was given the chance to give a little bit of input designing stories within the Hispanic c- culture and community that we had within work. It's like, the, wouldn't you want to meet a worker that's from Colombia or, you know, like um, from another country or another culture, a Cuban, you know, or just talking about the different, because I'm Mexican. And I can't really talk about a Cuban, a Cuban culture, you know, so why not bring in the people that can really talk about those stories? And I was able to provide that input. And we made a little bit of change. Our uh, talent acquisition team was able to get a little stories behind that just kind of to promote and see where we can take it. It didn't go, I don't think it went far, but I'm not sure where that is right now, but
0: hey, you had an impact and you had an impact on me as someone who supports that community and someone who comes from a location where I was Mexican by love. And I'll tell a funny story. I remember one of the ERG events was a salsa competition. And yours truly came ready to dance, not recognizing that it was actually like like the salsa you eat, spicy salsa. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think your story resonates with more than just the listeners, but an entire community. You have certainly inspired me, and I am so proud of you, and I'm so privileged to get to see how far you've come and your. Again, you're not even scratching the surface, but I want to thank you for taking the time to come on my podcast. It's the first, first episode. (laughs) I'm excited for people to hear your story and just thank you.
1: Yeah. No, thank you for having me, Sarah. And yep. Whenever you want it, (laughs) I'll be back. (laughs)
0: Now that we've heard the interview with Yuri. I think it's to the benefit to very quickly go over some strategies and tools that can be helpful when attempting to embrace discomfort. The first is being mindful. And when you're faced with an uncomfortable situation, conversation, whatever that may be, I think by allowing yourself to create space between yourself and the discomfort, enables you to respond better. You can start to respond to the situation versus just reacting. And so ways that I have personally tried to be mindful or develop mindfulness is using different techniques. For instance, I get into a situation where I have to have a very uncomfortable conversation for instance, when I was a probation officer, say, I've got to arrest someone. When you arrest someone, that's a very uncomfortable situation. Okay. So before I would do it because I would physically get nervous. There were physical things that went on in my body that made me nervous. I started to shake and your voice starts to shake. And a lot of you can relate to this for those that have fear of public speaking, which I also have. And so practicing things such as box breathing, where you breathe in for four counts, you hold it for four counts, you breathe out for four counts, and then you hold it for four counts, and just repeating that cycle. That's actually a technique that is used by special forces, such as Navy Seals, Green Berets, those individuals that purposely and intentionally practice getting their heart rates elevated, and then deploying a technique like that, to allow them to do what they do, which is obviously be a badass. So that's one way that you can practice mindfulness is through breathing exercises. Other ways are meditations. That's something else I've been trying to get into, being able to visualize. Visualize your success. And meditation can oftentimes help with that. And I have a hard time quieting my mind when I'm doing meditations, So I have had to start very small, like five to 10 minute meditations to try and help establish a regular practice. And then I can begin to expand on that. Another technique or strategy is reframing. So shifting that perspective on what the discomfort is, and changing the way you interpret or perceive it. One way that I used to try and get those that I supervise that were on probation or parole, whoever I was having an interaction with, trying to get them to reframe, we would do a simple exercise because a lot of us, especially where I live, we drive a lot of places. There's You can't really walk places where I live. You have to drive. And the place where I live is on the list, or at least I read this somewhere, for having a lot of road rage incidents. And so knowing that, and because I know it's a relatable experience, helping them start with situations on the road, because a lot of them, myself included, that's kind of the first place I feel like I can practice uh, overcoming adversity in a controlled environment, if you will. And that is Going through situations and scenarios with, hey, somebody pulls out in front of you, instead of immediately getting upset and, in my case, maybe calling them a name or two, rethinking through that and actively practicing reframing what the situation is. So reframing, hey, maybe that person is on their way to an emergency situation And they just had to make that move. That's probably not, you know, the reality of every situation where that happens. But by just practicing it, practicing giving the benefit of the doubt versus reacting to the situation, which is something I'm still actively trying to practice, I think that helps develop a better strategy and gives you that ability to respond versus reacting. And then... Gradual exposure, so gradually exposing yourself to a situation that may be uncomfortable or conversation by breaking it down into manageable steps or tasks or parts. Thinking through that, I know there's a few things that come to mind. One that I think everybody can relate to is you get into a body of water Most of the time, you're gradually exposing yourself by, you start with your feet entering in the water, then you move a little bit further, and the water comes up higher, and because it's usually pretty cold, or can be very hot, I guess, you're trying to get your body used to the sensation so that it's not a shock to your system. Of course, I've also been known to just run and jump into a pool, so... There's that too. Um, But gradual exposure helps make it more manageable. So I think these are all strategies that hopefully you can incorporate into your life to help develop a healthier relationship with discomfort. for listening to the Embracing Discomfort podcast and for joining me on this journey of growth and exploration. Before we part ways, I have some exciting bonus content to share with you. I know how important it is to put learning into action. That's why I've prepared various recorded audio exercises that will help you stretch your boundaries and embrace discomfort like a pro from exclusive curated music previews designed to inspire and energize you to guided visualization exercises and confidence-boosting challenges. These resources are only available on Spotify, and they're here to support you on your personal growth journey. You can find me on Spotify by searching Embracing Discomfort or check out my blog and pod site, embracingdiscomfort.blog. Remember, Embracing discomfort is a continuous process and this podcast is just the beginning. Keep pushing your limits and exploring new possibilities. Thank you for being part of this journey. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review and share it with your friends who are ready to step outside their comfort zones. Stay curious, stay uncomfortable and until next time, Keep embracing the discomfort.